Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with seasoned entrepreneur, Karian James. He is an entrepreneur with 30 years of experience launching and scaling startup businesses in the ICT sector. These days, he is the CEO and founder of Wonderful, a company that provides simple, fast, and secure instant bank payment technology. He has found a wonderful way to make this company process credit and debit cards cheaper. His core competencies are open banking strategy and new business development as a leading instant bank payment provider in the UK and beyond. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Nice to meet you. And you. So where are you located? Uh, I'm currently in Spain, um, but split between the UK and Spain. So uh, right now in Spain, Friday, I'll be back in London. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm in the middle of America. I'm in Kansas City. Very so, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, cool. Well, thanks for taking a minute out. I want to begin our conversation with surviving the pandemic. How did you get through the last three and a half years and how did it change you? Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, we had some really interesting times in during the pandemic. It was it was kind of awful because um, my two eldest daughters, well, two eldest daughters, I've got two daughters and a son, so my two daughters both... Um, contracted Lyme disease, one slightly ahead of that and another one much earlier. But the eldest, that um, that developed even more and she ended up getting diagnosed with cancer right in the middle of the pandemic. So it was a terrible time for us. We ended up kind of moving out of the house we were in to get to one in London closer to the hospitals for the treatment and so on. Of course, treatment in hospitals wasn't fantastic. She's great now, so it's all, all worked out well. But no, it was, um, it was a particularly challenging time. Um, so yeah, I think like many people, discovering old hobbies and reverting to those <laughs> to yeah. kill time when you couldn't do the socializing with other people. But um, yeah. Wow. That's heavy. So let's get to the the brass tacks of what you do for a living. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of them says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? We provide a payment solution that really challenges the status quo, which is typically people use debit and credit cards extensively to make payments, um, extensively and expensively, at least for the merchant. So the cost of processing those payments can be very, very high. um, And we provide a solution that's much, much more um, aggressive in terms of its price point, but also has advantages in terms of being instant settlement. So when you get paid via a credit card as a merchant, you're often kept waiting to receive that money in your bank account. Um, with our payment system, the money is in your bank account within a couple of seconds. So it's it's near near instant. Um, and then there's enhanced security as well. So that that's that's what we're involved with. Okay. How did this come about? That sounds genius. It was uh, completely serendipitous. So we we were running a fundraising platform for charity as a which started its life as a pet project. So 2016, I was involved in a telecoms business. It was a big year for the family. It was my 50th birthday that year. It was my 25th wedding anniversary or our 25th wedding anniversary. Um, Two of the kids had significant birthdays. So we thought, what do we do to mark the year and celebrate? And we decided, um, I've been doing a bit of running for years for charity. let's go a stage further and you know what we'll build the fundraising platform to ensure the charity gets every penny from from what we raise now long story short what happened was that we were kind of overtaken by the popularity of that in terms of the cost of processing those payments that i mentioned because all of those payments were were taking place all the donations were via cards um we'd got a corporate sponsor to fund the fundraising platform to ensure the charity's got every penny 
But increasingly, we were going back to that corporate sponsor and saying, we just need more money to pay the payment processing. And we couldn't do anything else with a platform. It was literally every penny we got from the bank who was sponsoring the platform went to pay the cards. <laughs> so we needed to find a solution to that problem. That coincided, going back to the pandemic, with the pandemic. So we had to pause that platform at the start of the pandemic, um, not only for the kind of personal family reasons, but also because that telecoms business and was providing a free telephone conferencing service used extensively by the National Health Service in the UK. So get to the point, when we paused the platform, I then made my first donation to another, to another charity completely separate from what we were doing. It was via this system called Open Banking that we've now deployed. It was so fast, it was so simple, um, that I got onto the provider and said, look, how are you doing this? And they said, this is open banking. Uh, and we said, is it cheap? <laughs> and they said, a lot cheaper than cards. So we said, right, well, we'll reopen the platform in a couple of months' time. We'll use open banking exclusively for processing all the donations. And then cut to, you know, a couple of years later, we actually took that a stage further and said, what we're going to do with this, this solves the problem for our charities, but it also solves a problem for merchants, for anybody who's taking payment. Um so we sold the telecoms business. We moved the, all of the staff from that business into a payments business. And that's how we started doing what we're doing now. So wow. that is serendipitous. So let's let's go back to the third grade. What did you want to be when you were a kid? What was your dream to grow up and become? Interestingly, musician. Um, okay. So, yeah. So I started playing the playing the drums when I was probably about seven or eight, maybe a little older. Um, got slightly more serious in high school. Um, but I had the disadvantage of being in the same year group when I joined our school band as probably the best drummer I know, <laughs> like a really great drummer. So, so I ended up playing not second fiddle, but percussion. So I was the timpanist and the maraca shaker and the triangle and xylophone and vibraphone and pretty much anything else. And he got the, the joy of the kit and I could never compete. You know, there was no way yeah. I was going to get close to him. Yeah. So what was your first concert experience? One of the, one of the first concerts you ever saw that blew you away? First concert that I actually went to in person was Elkie Brooks, um, which I remember to this day. Um, and, and I was really impressed. What a great singer, what a great, great vocalist. Yeah. Um, but moved on in terms, I think I went with my older brother to see that. So it wasn't necessarily my genre. Um, but I probably listened to music across pretty much every genre from, from jazz to punk. Um, so I was a big punk fan when I was at university. Um, listen to a lot of jazz as a drummer, I guess you do. So my favorite drummers were all jazz drummers. Yeah. Um, and the favorite drummer, any drummer, has to be Buddy Rich. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buddy Rich is the one. He's the king. So who's been a hero for you in your life? You're obviously highly motivated. What? Who's been that person that's motivated you? I think a number of people from musicians, definitely. I, I love the energy, enthusiasm, tenacity, all of those things it takes to be a great musician. So there are plenty of those along the way, again, across lots and lots of genres. Um, I mentioned punk. I was, I was a really big fan of The Damned. So from an entertainment point of view, those guys really knew how to throw a gig. Um, from a pure kind of, I often say best gig I ever went to was The Damned. Probably the best concert I ever went to in terms of production and everything else was probably Prince, who I saw a number of times as well. And just, you know, a bit like the stories you hear of James Brown, the, a work he must have put into all of the musicians, the choreography, the whole thing, just, you know, you felt his vibe across the whole lot. So for for kind of attention to detail, again, ability, raw ability, and then, 
being able to turn that into something that is just mind-blowing for an audience uh, he's been a, a big inspiration in the music side for sure um in the business side <laughs> I, I won't be the first to say this but i think steve jobs for the same kind of reasons to do what he's done in three different completely different industries um it's hard to do it once, but to do it three times was quite quite mind blowing as well. So, uh, Steve Jobs is another big influence, I think, on on any entrepreneur has to be. So, if you could meet one person alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Oh, right now, that's a very big question. Um, do you know, I've not really thought about that. And they'd need to be alive at the moment. Obviously, I can't go back in time and say that's the person we, I need to. We, we can go back in time, absolutely. Oh, I can go back in time. It yes. will be Prince for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a good Prince story here in Kansas City. We have this arena called Kemper Arena and it's down by the river. And it was our marquee place in Kansas City for a long time. Well, he came in the 80s and after his show, he went up to this kind of hallowed blues club called the Grand Emporium. And they closed the doors and said, Prince is here. We have 150 tickets, whatever amount. And I heard people that were there and said it was one of the most amazing shows ever. So unbelievable. I've heard about those after parties. And again, that kind of just speaks to him, doesn't it? And that yeah. real, it's just that desire to keep playing music after the kinds of shows he put on to then go and do an after party for four or five hours. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. So what's your motivation? What is your motivation every day to get up, to do the work that you do, to evolve and to be you? You're obviously helping people and you know, you're know you're taking care of your goals. What is that for you? That has to be, uh, and, and it's an interesting one. People often say, wonderful, it's, it's a big name to live up to. So that's the business name. That's the name of the fundraising platform. Um, but it's also aspirational. From our point of view, when we started that, it was because we saw people doing wonderful things. So I registered the domain name back in 1998 and it sat there. We'd had a couple of false starts with a couple of projects with it. Um, but really the inspiration came from seeing these people who were either doing fundraising, crazy fundraising events like running marathons, triathlons, jumping out of aeroplanes, doing all these amazing things for charity. Then you've got the donors who are often giving money they can't afford, and there's lots of evidence to back that up, that the people who give most generally are generally this kind of um, inverse relationship between the ability and propensity to give. So again, really inspiring that people will do that. And then you've got the volunteers in the third sector as well, giving up time all day long to help people who need support. So they became really the, the key inspiration, the motivation for wonderful fundraising platform. And then essentially what we've done is take that stage further and say, well, let's be as wonderful as that in the commercial sector. So super transparent on price, uh, really, really trying to provide the best service we possibly can um, and making sure there are no surprises for anybody. So there's a space to often say to, you know, to earn an honest crust for a fair day's work or whether it's a fair crust for whatever it is, you know, the expression. Yeah. Um, there's no need necessarily to take people's eyes out just because you're running a commercial organization. So that's our view. Can we can we do something that's just just inherently good? Yeah. So what's been one of your best success stories that you've been involved with? Maybe a letter you got or an email or something along those lines? Um, I think for, there, there are a number over the years, but one of them that always surprised me was probably we, we've sold a number of businesses along the way. 
And one was getting a letter of intent for the sale of a business that we didn't really plan to sell. And we were we were courted for some time by this potential acquirer and we just kept ignoring it and then realized they were quite serious. And we got the letter of intent, I think, on the 18th of December. And the, the deal was done and money in the bank from the sale on the 13th of February. And I think from a kind of, you know, being in a position to make that happen in a few weeks by having all the ducks in a row was quite quite good and we were proud of being able to do that but it was also just that sense of surprise that you can operate that fast if you've you know if you've made the business efficient and and put it in that place to be acquired yeah yeah so let me ask you this of of if you had a dream tonight you ran into a a young version of you a 20 year old version and based on the life you've led the wisdom you've gained if you could give that young version a piece of advice what what advice would you impart on that young version of you? Um, stick to the knitting. <laughs> by, by which I mean, there's often a tendency to, to to take a business and think, well, probably six or seven things we can add here. They're not quite in the same vein as to what we're doing, but maybe we can make those work. Um, and there's a couple of experiences that I've had o- along the way where we've tried to do that and it's not worked. So, you know, kind of don't waste your time doing things that either you're not good at or I often say failure isn't failure. Failure is just lessons learned. I think that's a really important point. But it's, it's I think, making sure that if you learn those lessons, you don't repeat the same failure a second time. So, and, and people do. I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty and, and everyone will do the same thing of going back and just thinking, well, maybe it didn't work last time, but I'll try it again. If it's yeah. exactly the same thing, then it probably won't unless there's been a significant change in the market or, or something like that. So a, a concrete example of that, all of the businesses I've been involved in, which have worked for me, and everyone's different, but they've all been around digital products. So it's been about selling zeros and ones, effectively services, whether that's an online company formation or a domain name registration or telephony. The one time you ventured into physical product, we launched a Christmas hamper service selling vegan products. And actually, it was another one that was kind of a bit of a victim of its own success. It was in the fairly early days of the internet, so it was easy to find. It was very targeted. Um, people found it, ordered in bigger numbers than were anticipated, and uh, we ended up with that kind of fulfillment issue. And uh, <laughs> I remember packing pam- hampers on the 23rd of December for delivery on the 24th up to about 11 o'clock with the couriers turning up the next day. I remember driving... God knows how many miles across the country trying to find things that we couldn't source. And it was just a nightmare. So for me, physical product I've avoided ever since. And that was one lesson I did learn. Wow. So let me ask you this. Of all the things that you've done, overcome and evolved into, what are you the proudest of? Uh, without a doubt, it's it's wonderful from a commercial point of view. I think it's been really, really great. I'm proud of the fact that we've been able to sit in the middle of that virtuous circle of donors, fundraisers and charities and provide a service completely free of charge for them, make sure they get every every penny and now make sure they get every penny instantly. That's really great. And actually, from a family point of view, I think every member of my immediate family at one time or another has been involved in that business. Um, my proudest moment in, in recent months is my eldest daughter, who started out writing some content for, for the website when we first launched Wonderful, which coincidentally was was formed as a business on her birthday. She's now been promoted to head of operations as of the beginning of January. And that was a hugely proud moment for me. Yeah. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Um, I would hope, I would hope people think I'm tough, but 
fair. Um, I think, it, you know, pe- people say I'd suffer fools badly, and that's probably true. So, But I'd like to give everyone a, you know, a fair crack at the whip and a, and a chance at doing things. But but I, I, I think that, I think it's, it's tough but fair. Wanting to get things done, I'm keen that we have very high standards in the business operation, that everyone involved in the business meets those standards or at the very least aspires to do that and then with some training and some support can do so. Um, so I, I would hope that's a, a you know a sense of, of, of how people find me. I would like to think people think I'm authentic um, in terms of being very straight with the messaging and then hopefully delivering on that. When we say it's a penny a transaction, it's a penny a transaction, we're not going to suddenly you know, introduce some hidden fees or whatever it might be. So yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. What a wonderful business model. If anyone wants to reach out to you, learn more about it, anything about your world, where can they go? In the UK, which is principally where we're operating right now, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be expanding into an, into other territories in the future. But right now it's wonderful.co.uk. It's a very simple domain name, easy for it, for people to find. Yeah, excellent. This has been wonderful. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time. Have a great 2024. I appreciate it. Thanks ever so much, Joe. Pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. 